Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, and the only guy who will put up with Josh. Oh, hey, now there is another guy who puts up with me on this podcast, our producer, David Rosen. So I think you're all right, Josh. Thank you. To be fair, to be fair, we are paying Dave to put up with us. So, hey, um, hey, 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 Josh, I also think you're all right. Oh, wow. I feel the love here on this episode of Awesome Movie here. And this episode is the epilogue to our recently concluded season on the films of 1984. As we've done in all of our seasons, we do a kind of quick look back at what we talked about and more importantly, what we didn't talk about, other movies from this year that we considered or that fit into some of our categories or that you, our listeners, who also presumably tolerate me, have suggested. (laughs) So thanks for tolerating us here on Awesome Movie Year. We started our season with the box office champion of 1984, which was Beverly Hills Cop. And we actually ended up talking about quite a few of the top grossing movies of 1984. Um, As we discussed, this was just a big year for blockbuster cinema. But some of the other major box office uh, top 10 films that we did not talk about uh, include Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And I feel like this is the second time that we've had a season where we almost consider, we almost talked about an Indiana Jones movie. I know when we did 1989, we we talked about doing something on the Last Crusade, and we never did. So eventually, we'll probably have to get yeah. to to talking about well, Indiana Jones. Well, the reason is, Josh, we're punishing them for making Crystal of the Skulls. <laughs> Crystal of the Skulls is that is that what it's called? I don't know. I try to block it all out of my head. I just remember Shia LaBeouf swinging from a tree and. Uh, monkey swinging with him and i said what did you do of all the things you've done in your life shia labeouf this will go down as the worst (laughs) (laughs) kingdom of the skulls what is it called it's kingdom of the crystal skull i think is what it's called uh it's not a good movie although i feel like that movie is is people hate it out of proportion to how bad it really is but that's really not what we're talking about here (laughs) at all temple of doom was the indiana jones movie that came out in 1984 and was a huge hit also, uh, Police Academy, the original. Wait, wait, Josh, we have talked about uh, Temple of Doom in 1989 in the Weird Al uh, UHF episode because there's the spoof of the uh, giant boulder uh, rolling uh, over him, which is spoofed all the time. That is true. I mean, we didn't talk about, we didn't do an episode on the movie, but we did mention it there. Uh, I feel good about the amount of coverage we've given. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> we're uh, we're very anti-Indiana Jones. No, here, we're apparently. not. Well, I'm happy to cover it. It's a- yeah. Maybe we'll get to it. But uh, also Police Academy, uh, you know, long running series. <laughs> Perhaps we'll end up covering Mission to Moscow or one of the other great Police Academy movies. Uh-huh. But the I only cover police academies that star Steve Gutenberg, so that's going to eliminate the last few, Josh. Yeah, but he was the star of the first one, which was a huge hit. Uh, Romancing the Stone with Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner. And Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which is not one of the better Star Trek movies, but uh, those were all big box office hits in 1984. Does that one have a Kobayashi Maru in it? 
I don't know if that one has the Kobayashi Maru, which which uh, which movie that that came from. It's possible they all they they kind of run together at a certain point. Yeah, I feel like it would be Wrath of Khan, but that, I don't really know anything. Maybe Wrath of Khan, which is Star Trek Two, is uh, great, and uh, the Search for Spock, uh, not so much. Yeah, so you left out uh, some other ones, but that's because we covered them. So you've already right. listened to the whole season, so you guys already know that. In our first feature episode, Josh, we did 16 Candles by John Hughes, uh, which we all agreed was the right call. But some other ones that we were thinking of, Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers, would have been an excellent call. But we covered the Coen Brothers with No Country for Old Men, so we wanted to spread the love. But on the other hand, could Rob Reiner have been the first filmmaker we talked about three times? Yes, if we did This is Spinal Tap, which was a finalist. And I feel maybe... We'll get some bonus love, maybe some point ever, if we do something anymore in 1984. The last one that we had was The Element of Crime, Lars von Trier. I don't know anything about it, but I bet you it's heavy. Yeah, I I also don't know anything about that. I mean, I know Lars von Trier and his uh, intense uh, movies, but I don't know that one in particular. And Spinal Tap, of course, is great, but yeah, I mean, how much? It's not awesome, Rob Reiner year. How much? How much Rob Reiner can we really? <laughs> well, that's cover? because every year is an awesome Rob Reiner. Year, right? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. that is such a such a good point. Hey, Blood Simple is also a great movie. Well. Blood Blood Simple is great, and honestly, of those, I I probably would have preferred Blood Simple just because it's it's uh, it's a great movie, and I love the Coen Brothers. We did talk about them when we talked about No Country for Old Men, but they are at least as good as Rob Reiner and deserve. <laughs> another episode dedicated to them. And so. and I have no doubt we'll get there. And and if not even uh, through one of the, you know, kind of categories, uh, personal picks will probably lead us there. We love the Coen brothers, but John Hughes, you couldn't, I mean, 84, we're building, we're building a real tapestry of what was going on. And when we talk about how music was important in movies and, and how important teen movies were. John Hughes, you had to do 16 Candles. Yeah, oh yeah, that was, I think that was the right call, but you can't, you can't leave 1984 without talking about John Hughes. Our uh, Cannes episode, the Cannes Film Festival, we talked about the Palme d'Or winner, which was Vim Vender's Paris, Texas, which we got a lot of crap because Jason and I, neither of us cared for it. We deserved it, is, it, Josh. It is beloved, and we don't know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> And uh, other movies in competition at Cannes in 1984 include a bunch of stuff that I had never heard of, um, but does include The Element of Crime, the Lars von Trier movie. So we can mention that one again. I heard it's heavy. I bet it is. Um, It also includes a Werner Herzog film called Where the Green Ants Dream, which I had never heard of that one. A John Huston movie called Under the Volcano, which I've also not heard of, but those were the big directors that I noticed there. Uh, also, a, a version of Shakespeare's Henry IV from the Italian director Marco Bellocchio, um, but a lot of a lot of stuff that I just was not familiar with. And then, out of competition, some bigger, uh, well-known films, including Woody Allen's Broadway Danny Rose and uh, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. And I think Broadway Danny Rose came up briefly as a possibility, but we also did talk about Woody Allen not that yeah. long ago. Yeah, and Once Upon a Time in America would have been good to cover. The box office flop, Josh, we did Streets of Fire. And ladies and gentlemen, that should have never been a flop. That is a fine film, and I stand by that. Um, Some of the other ones we talked about were The Cotton Club, Francis Ford Coppola, which uh, has many people who love it, you know? So um, we talked about Dune, which is going to be relevant again 
this year as Denny Nuyev. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad about trying to pronounce his name on our own. I, I hope we never do an episode about one of his movies because Denis, we're going to have to say it over and over Denis again. Denny <laughs> yeah. uh, He has a new version coming out. Supergirl. I never saw that one. And the one I would have picked, Rhinestone, which is Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone uh, doing uh, Cowboy. Cowboy singing, I think. So. Con- country, mu- country music. That's what the cowboy singing is called. It's called country music. Yeah, but it's rhinestone. I think it, they went with cowboy singing. So yeah, great. How did this get made? Episode, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure that would have been fun. Although, I mean, like, obviously, Jason, you love Streets of Fire, so I think you were happy with that choice. That's the right choice. I, I really do love Streets of Fire. It's, it's great. Also, as you know, I recommend the Springsteen song that the title was taken from. So. Indeed. And and the Cotton Club, I think maybe there was a, a director's cut or a restoration or something not that long ago. I'm not sure exactly. Well, we should look into that because the Godfather 3, the new Coppola cut is getting such like good reviews. It would be interesting because I know Coppola and Robert Evans fought over the final cut of the Cotton Club. So it'd be interesting to see if there's a new director's cut out there. Yeah, I don't remember. I think there was something. It could have just been like a restoration and a re-release, but it might be a whole new cut. I don't know, and I've never seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. But Coppola, um, you know, in the 80s was doing some interesting things with those teen movies and then went back to something really big with the Cotton Club. So uh, it's a movie to note. Documentary pick, Josh. We didn't really have that many choices. We we had, obviously, we picked Stop Making Sense. That was going to be... our winner from the beginning, uh, the Talking Heads film by Jonathan Demi. And then The Times of Harvey Milk uh, was our other one. And um, I've seen Milk, but I haven't seen the documentary, The Times of Harvey Milk. I have not either. And that that was the movie that won the Oscar for best uh, documentary feature that year. So I think that's why we were looking at it as a possibility. But Yeah, I don't know if there were just not a lot of notable documentaries in 84, or maybe we didn't find... I think it was interesting to talk about Stop Making Sense as a different kind of approach to talk about a concert movie there as opposed to the kinds of documentaries we've talked about before. But yeah, not a lot of options. And Josh, let's quickly shout out our guests on those two, Albert Albert Pune on Streets of Fire and Eric Gladstone on Stop Making Sense. Yeah, thank you to both of those guys. I mean, that was great that we had uh, multiple guests this season and a lot of cool insights from uh, both of them on those episodes. My pick was Night of the Comet, which uh, I love, and I was very happy to pick, even though neither of you guys were particularly into it. But uh, I like being able to highlight a movie that is sort of a little more obscure, uh, along with the big blockbusters that we talked about. And that was really... I would say the only one I, I was seriously considering, um, I thought about a, a Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think we mentioned in the Night of the Comet episode, but we've talked about one of the movies in that series. We talked about New Nightmare in our very first season in 1994. So it didn't seem really like we wanted to return to that well, although A Nightmare on Elm Street is great. And uh, the original The Terminator, um, which would have added one more big blockbuster to our season and which I do love, although I love Terminator 2 more. And maybe if we ever, if we cover 1991 someday, I will uh, throw that in. And uh, Gremlins, which we ended up talking about as a special Christmas bonus episode. And that was also one of the big box office hits of the year. So those yeah. are my considerations. I think all of them are, are worthwhile, Josh. I don't mind that you picked Night of the Comet. It wasn't my favorite. I'm glad I saw it though. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will say that I uh, just before we started recording this, got a piece of feedback from uh, my friend Gonzo Gregg of Highway Radio, who I work with doing movie reviews on the radio, who appreciated our episode on Night of the Comet because, as he said, he's old and remembers seeing it <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks to Gonzo. In our foreign film episode, we covered the Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung martial arts film Wheels on Meals, which was Jason's suggestion that I think had not been on my radar at all, but I think it was a, a cool, again, different direction for us to go in and talk about a martial arts film as something that we had not done before. So that was a fun uh, sort of swerve on that. But we had also considered, uh, once again, the element of crime, the Lars von Trier movie, which has come up multiple times. The word on the street is it's very heavy, Josh. Maybe we'll have to see it someday. <laughs> Um, also, uh, I think the, the one that we, we came closest to was, uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is a Hayao Miyazaki animated film. Of course, he's a huge figure in animation and someone that we should probably eventually cover. Yeah, um, we will. We will. Miyazaki's awesome. We're going to get to him. Yes. I know Jason, you're a big fan. You've been watching a lot of Miyazaki films, uh, with your daughter, right? Yes. And Josh, um, as we're recording this, we're on the downslope, AKA two days later, um, from when the, the Bernie meme took over the world. And my favorite one, I think is the Miyazaki, my neighbor Totoro meme. So (laughs) there you go. Bernie, my friend Totoro. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we also mentioned a couple uh, European films as possibilities. Eric Romer's Full Moon in Paris, which I'm not familiar with, but I think is not one of the bigger Eric Romer films. And Pedro Almodovar's What Have I Done to Deserve This, which is also not necessarily one of his better known films. And we did talk about Almodovar's uh, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down in our 1989 season, which we were both disappointed with. So maybe we'll get back to him eventually. But that wasn't one of his more notable films. Yeah. And Josh, I should clarify, I was right the first time. It is my neighbor, Totoro. I just consider him a friend. Oh, or that's so sweet. Friend, and, so. and Bernie, too. Bernie and Totoro, both friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've met at least one of those two, but I'm not going to tell you which one. Um, <laughs> All right. But Josh, I was really, I want to just say, like, I know we had uh, mixed mixed reviews on Wheels on Meals, but um, the fight scene between Jackie Chan and Benny the Jet, and kind of learning about the three brothers and the Hong Kong action cinema golden age. That was, that was really worthwhile to me. I really like that. Yeah, it was definitely a worthwhile pick. And again, I think anytime that we can focus on a genre or uh, a region or something that we haven't covered yet, it's good for us to branch out there. So I'm glad that we did it. Yeah. So then we got to my pick, Josh, which was the karate kid featuring an excellent interview with Joe Esposito. I think, um, one of the highlights of awesome movie year forever. So um, <laughs> that was really fun. My other picks we did. If you go on Dave's Patreon, we might have just released a Purple Rain episode, which I just wanted to cover because of how it fit in 1984. Um, from the comedy point of view, I was looking at Johnny Dangerously, Michael Keaton, uh, who can basically do no wrong again. Um, and then the two others, The Natural, which is a great sports movie I used to watch with my grandfather. And the Muppets Take Manhattan. I used to watch the Muppets with my grandfather also. So those both uh, would have hit home. And uh, I, I think um, all good movies. Yeah, I think the Muppets is another uh, area that we'll probably have uh, eventually get to covering. I've never seen The Natural or Johnny Dangerously, actually. I've seen Johnny Dangerously once, Josh. Once. Oh. 
I, I assume that's a quote from Johnny Dangerously that is lost on me because yeah. as I just said, yeah. I've never seen Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, there's a joke in there about, so I, I'd have to watch the movie again, but like, yeah, she talked back to me once, once, you know, that type of thing. But anyway, the Muppets take Manhattan's good, but I do think the two earlier Muppet movies, um, The Great Muppet Caper, which I think was 81, which we haven't covered yet, and the Muppet movie, which I'm almost, uh, I think I want to say 79, um, are both great for coverage. And um, uh, the Muppet movie, the original, is like a perfect movie to me. Yeah, maybe we'll get to the Muppets eventually. That's another area like Prince where I don't uh, really appreciate their greatness, but uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, Josh, did you appreciate the Sundance winner of this year? I did. Old Enough is the Sundance winner that we talked about as the first ever uh, Grand Jury Prize winner at Sundance when it was uh, kind of rebranded from the U.S. Film Festival. Uh, other prize winners at Sundance include the documentary Style Wars, which is a hip-hop documentary, uh, as well as the uh, political documentary Seeing Red, which was an Oscar nominee along with the Times of Harvey Milk. So that could have been something that we uh, covered. Uh, also at Sundance, and this is because it was such an early Sundance year, I was looking at the list, and again, there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't familiar with and kind of obscure stuff, but um, Last Night at the Alamo was another prize winner that sounded kind of like the recent movie Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets that takes place at the final closing night of a dive bar in Texas, and uh, Gregory Nava's El Norte, which is uh, kind of a notable film, and then Penelope Spheris's Suburbia, which came up in our episode on Repo Man we talked about, and that's a, a fun kind of cult movie featuring a lot of punk musicians from the 80s and one of her early films. So uh, those were some of the notable movies I looked at that were at Sundance in 84. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to watch that at some point, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting film. Suburbia. Um, then we went to the best picture, which was Amadeus, which we all loved. And I loved it so much, I didn't say one bad word about producer Saul Zantz, who awesome movie your listeners will know. I'm not a fan of John Fogarty forever. Uh, the other films that were up for best picture that year, The Killing Fields, A Passage to India, Places in the Heart, and A Soldier's Story. Josh, I haven't seen any of those. I have not either. And I think that is sort of an amazing year for best picture nominees that are completely forgotten. I don't think any of those movies are particularly wow. like commonly watched these days even. I mean, Amadeus, I think, has that, that long-lasting... Uh, following, but those other movies really don't. Maybe The Killing Fields. I mean, that one, um, you know, was uh, what's that about the Khmer Rouge and stuff like that in Cambodia? I don't really know, but I know. I mean, that's a that's a movie, a name that I recognize as as something that uh, I'm supposed to watch because I'm I like movies, Josh. Right. Yeah. That that is maybe the most notable of those, but uh, I have not seen any of them either. Dave's pick was next up, and Dave picked Ghostbusters. Dave, did you have any other uh, options that you were considering? I did. I, I had a few. Uh, my first pick was going to be Revenge of the Nerds, but I didn't want to put you guys through that, so <laughs> I uh, went with Ghostbusters instead. Uh, but the other ones that I was thinking of were The Toxic Avenger, which I thought could have been fun. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll get to a trauma film at some point in this uh, in this show. Uh, another one is Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which is my second favorite in the series. So if we ever get to 1986, we're doing Jason lives just so everybody knows. Um, and then the, the last one I thought about, which if you notice on the produced by David Rosen, Patreon, there's a, uh, a little joke on there that, uh, if we make it to $50 a month, I'm going to finally watch the last Starfighter. 
Uh, that's a movie that I've just never seen and some friends gave me shit for it. And so maybe I would have watched it for this, but I'm going to just keep it for the Patreon, I guess. Sounds good. I look forward to that day when you actually, when we have enough patrons that that can happen. Yes, hey Dave, if, right. if you get enough money to the last, to watch the last Starfighter, does that mean Josh and I get paid? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have that discussion. Uh, I just wanted to point out two things from Dave's picks. Uh, the Toxic Avenger, Dave, would have been cool because uh, Macon Blair from Jeremy Sonier's uh, Murder Party, which we did as a bonus episode for uh, Halloween uh, 2007, that he's remaking that. So that would have been cool. And as we know, Seth MacFarlane is remaking Revenge of the Nerds, which, Dave, did you not want to put us through it because of all the elements that we would have had to kind of say, that's problematic, that's problematic, that's problematic? I think it would have dominated the entire conversation, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, that, uh, we'll see how that remake uh, pans out with Seth MacFarlane. That's a... that's a difficult thing to manage. So uh, I, I, however, just want to say that I look forward to when we talk about Jason Lives because that is a lot of fun, that movie. Nice. <laughs> uh, future cult classic. Give it to us, Josh. Okay. So our future cult classic, we talked about Repo Man, as I, I mentioned when I mentioned Suburbia. And really the main other thing I think that we were considering was the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, which is uh, quite a popular cult film. And I think it would have been a, maybe a fun one for us to talk about. And uh, a movie that, that came up uh, eventually, as Jason will mention shortly, but uh, Break Into Electric Boogaloo, the breakdance movie, which I feel like is a cult classic mainly just for its title and not yeah. necessarily anything else, which is probably why we uh, ended up not going with it for that category. But Repo Man, I mean, that is certainly a legit cult movie, and it was uh, interesting to check out. It was interesting. It was interesting. Again, didn't love it. Glad, I'm, glad I saw it. Um, yeah, Breaking 2 uh, and Beach Street both could have been future cult classics, but they ended up in our audience choice category where they both were demolished by a film called Footloose. I think we had some other... I'm glad we did the dance movies for this one, but I think we had some other... Good categories. Josh, you, of course, being the young Ebert that you are, suggested raunchy sex comedies. Um, <laughs> you had Hot Dog the Movie, Up the Creek, Hot Moves. And then, of course, we also mentioned Revenge of the Nerds and Where the Boys Are, 84. At one point, we were looking at comedy classics, Spinal Tap, Police Academy, Romancing the Stone, and then uh, family films, The Muppets Take Manhattan, Never Ending Story, and The Karate Kid. And then two other categories, Josh, Teen Save the World, Red Dawn, The Last Starfighter and Gremlins, Sports Movies, Karate Kid, Oxford Blues, and The Natural. Yeah, and a lot of those, obviously, we ended up uh, incorporating elsewhere. So I think it's tough to, to find the category that where the, the titles kind of balance each other out and where they have the right sort of connection. So I agree. I liked the dance movies idea, and I'm glad that we went with that uh, over some of those others, which I think were a little less clear, but um, it maybe uh, was a lopsided choice because Footloose, as you said, just I mean, blew had, everything away. Had we stuck with the original three that you had mentioned, like had we not mentioned Revenge of the Nerds and done raunchy sex comedies and just did Hot Dog the movie Up the Creek and Hot Moves, I wonder what would have won. Yeah, I mean, the thing, I, I've never seen any of those. And the thing about those, though, is that none of them are really all that well known. So I think it's good for us when we do that audience choice and we want to engage you, the listener, 
uh, and give you some choices of movies that you might actually know and uh, be able to vote for. So thank you to everyone who voted in that, of course, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed our discussion of Footloose and how much I hate it. <laughs> yeah, Josh, this season finished hard for you between that and our bonus Patreon episode on Purple Rain. Um, I think there aren't too many gaping holes that we miss. I think Never Ending Story is very, you know, 80s and 84. That would have been a good one. And then Red Dawn, when we're talking about teenagers, this is like that macho version of like, save the world, kick the Russians ass, like super 80s stuff, you know? Yeah, I've never seen Red Dawn, but sadly I have seen the Red Dawn remake. So that is that says about me. Yeah. So again, we have to thank uh, all the listeners including everyone who gave us some suggestions for what to talk about. Uh, a lot of those are movies that came up uh, already thus far. Uh, some some folks on Twitter, uh, one of our biggest Twitter fans uh, who goes by the name Ron Dickles, which uh, I'm pretty sure is not his real name. It's uh, it's our great listener, Ian Zeitzer. There you go. Oh, I, you know what? I, I, I never even made that connection because he's also always on our Facebook. So thank you to Ian Zeitzer who always comments on Twitter. His suggestion was Revenge of the Nerds, um, which obviously is uh, problematic. Uh, another but, one of but our big- hey, just to say, that's not why we didn't cover it. It just didn't end up being covered. Right, and we could right. have. It would have been a, a certainly a legitimate movie to discuss, and that's not the only thing about it. There's a lot of uh, stuff that we could have talked about there. Uh, JC from the Screen Fix podcast, who likes to bug us, uh, I think he kind of backed off a little this time, but his <laughs> suggestion for 1984 was break into Electric Boogaloo, which was also a suggestion on Twitter from the Not Before Coffee podcast, who also mentioned A Passage to India. So I guess that's one person who watches that movie, that Best Picture nominee, um, as well as a film called Electric Dreams, which I had never heard of and sounds very weird with Bud Court as the voice of a computer. So, Oh my. Yeah, that's mm. something. On our Facebook page, Ryan Olbrich, who is another dedicated uh, listener, and we appreciate that. He mentioned Red Dawn, as well as Body Double, the uh, Brian De Palma film, which I've not seen, but I, I like Brian De Palma, so that would have been an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Vaughn, he mentioned Buckaroo Banzai, Red Dawn, and Top Secret, the Zucker Brothers film, which I would I'm surprised, Dave, that that wasn't a possibility for your pick. Yeah, you know, I, I've only seen that one once. I should go back and revisit it one of these days. Do it yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, right after this. Yeah. Uh, and finally on Facebook, Evan Fonfa had suggested this is Spinal Tap, uh, which as Jason said, maybe because uh, Jason is a big advocate for that one. So maybe we'll get to it in our special awesome Rob Reiner year yeah. bonus episode. We're going to do a whole season of Rob Reiner movies. And uh, this season won't be over until we cover every Rob Reiner movie. Thank goodness, especially the recent ones, because those are really yeah. the best ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll start here and then work backwards. Even better. So uh, I, I think I kind of rounded those up. Were there any other listener suggestions that you found, Jason? Josh, I think you got most of them. And I'm saying that because I didn't check. Well, <laughs> I will then assume that I did. And thank you again to all of those people who offer us suggestions, especially those dedicated listeners who uh, we very much appreciate who uh, actually uh, tune in every time. And, uh, you know, at least we're not sitting here just talking to ourselves. And that's yeah. always nice. Yeah, we love the feedback and uh, we love our fans in Algeria. That too. Mm -hmm. Important to shout out the fans in Algeria, as we learned on our, was it 
was it from Spotify, Dave? Where did we get that information? Chartable. There you go. Thank you to Chartable mm-hmm. for providing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and so that wraps 1984. Uh, we should say, as Jason mentioned, if you go to the Patreon, the By David Rosen Patreon, we will have a bonus episode on Purple Rain, which was a suggestion from a number of people as well as from Jason. So you can hear our talk about Purple Rain if you sign up to the Patreon, which also includes some great bonus content from uh, from Dave, from his podcast, Piecing It Together, and from Dave's music. And uh, so that does it for this season of Awesome Movie Year. You can follow us also on social media. I'm at Jason Harris Comedy on Facebook and Instagram, Jay Harris Comedy on Twitter. Go for Jason.com, a website that would have fit well in 1984. We're at AwesomeMovieYear.com, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. I am at JoshBellHatesEverything.com, which briefly had some new content and maybe dormant for another year. Uh, also at Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook and at Signal Bleed on Twitter. And as I said, you can listen to our producer, David Rosen's awesome podcast, Piecing It Together. Check out Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And if you do that, you can give us some suggestions on our next season. Jason, what awesome movie year are we talking about next? That's how you do it, Josh. You're a pro and that's why I tolerate you. Uh, We are going back to the aughts as in 2000s, as in 2003. Wow, that was like a <laughs> like a song to close out Ooh. our 1984 music theme and move us up into 2003. And as, as our second season on the aughts, we talked about 2007 in, our, uh, in season two and got a lot of cool stuff lined up for 2003. And we're starting with... Well, we were starting with the box office champion as usual, although we're going to start with the number two movie at the box office because the actual number one will come later in the season. But Jason, do you want to say what movie are we starting with for 2003? Josh, there is a fish that we all love and his name is Nemo and we have to find him in our hearts and in our souls. Finding Nemo, everybody! (laughs) So tune in next time for Finding Nemo and thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.